The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. History doesn't repeat itself, but hey, it rhymes. Coming up next on Locked On Canucks, we'll tell you why this team ain't like the 2011 squad. Let's go, baby. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer for Daily Hive and also your co-host here of Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into today's episode, we got to thank you. Yeah, I'm talking to you for tuning in to Locked On Canucks. It is your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Before we get into it, I also got a shout out, FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Oh, Kyle, how far we've come, buddy. Again, on the old network, Kyle used to meet me whenever I brought up 2011. Well, today, guess what? We're going to talk about 2011 uh, and compare it to this version of the Canucks. What are the similarities, but mainly why this this version of the Canucks is not like the team from 2011? Um, And the reason we bring it up, because right now, this team is on pace to have a better regular season than the team from 2011. It would be the best season in franchise history right now unbelievable stuff but hey there's a lot of differences between the two squads we're going to get into in the first segment we'll also touch on the canucks prospect pool which is mid defined as mid okay which is honestly better than i thought based on a recent ranking out of the athletic Uh, but we'll touch on on that list Uh, finally we'll get into some of your comments maybe talk for about 25 seconds about the game tonight against the chicago blackhawks but more important than that is me introducing my co-host someone who is still scarred by chelsea dagger kyle bowen how you doing brother I am, man. A lot of dark times. I know we uh, ultimately prevailed in 2011, but again, I can't discount how many times I felt. I just felt off, man. Wasn't myself, courtesy of not just the Chicago Blackhawks, but any sort of playoff failure from that era of the Vancouver Canucks. And if we're talking about playoff failure, I hate to do it. I know the Vancouver Canucks were 120 minutes away from winning a Stanley Cup, but it very much still feels... Like a failure, man, oh, man. Uh, Thank God for 2024, though, okay? For real. Because I feel like things are different, man. Even though it's so hard to get there, I think that we're going to get there. And I think the biggest difference is Quinn Hughes. That being said, there's that other thing, and that's the top six. I think that there's a lot of skill on this version of the Vancouver Canucks, but the chemistry when it comes to the top six of that version of the Canucks in 2011 and in their top six was off the charts. And that's the main difference here. Anyways, Kyle Bowne, Trevor Beggs. We'll talk about that in about 30 seconds. I got to say also, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Begsy, I did it. I hope you do it. You got to go to the flower store, and you got to pick your own flowers out, okay? Don't get one of those pre-made bouquets, bro. Just take 10 minutes. Think about the colors your girl would like. Think about the smells. And just do it, man. Customize that bouquet. Please do it. Customize that bouquet and uh, and buy that man thong. Am I right? Yeah, Am I there right? you go, man. That's um, perfect Valentine's Day. Boom, boom. I like it. Yeah, and then get her something in a box too. Um, you know, when we talk about 2011 compared to this Canucks team, um, to me, one of the big differences is how the 2011 team was so unanimously hated by everyone, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I think, Kyle, you loved it too. And our listeners out there loved it. 
But obviously, there was this slow, gradual build to 2011, right? You had the characters like Kessler, Burroughs, Bieksa, mm-hmm. who were not well-liked guys who have been around for the while, who have been embraced by the fan base. And obviously, with this team, it's it's come out of nowhere, right? I know how many times we talked about it. Kyle, when you and I took over the show in, in March uh, of last year, it was you know another, another death march to the end of the season. And now it's a march to the Stanley Cup Finals, perhaps, right? So... For me, that might be the biggest difference is that, mm-hmm. you know, that team from 2011 was so hated by the rest of the league, obviously, had that because they were good for a while, there was more of a chance to be hated by the opposition. I think there was more hate in the NHL about 10 years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope some of that hate comes back. I, I want some rivalries to be renewed. But and maybe I'll ask you this, Kyle. Is there any chance that this team could be maybe not as hated as 2011, but, you know, one of the most hated teams in hockey? Yeah, but that's down the road. Because you brought it up. It takes a bit of longevity. It takes a bit of playoff success. It takes relevancy for you to be on the verge of being annoying, right? I mean, think about it in uh, the other world, uh, the football world. Okay, we're kind of seeing that with the Kansas City Chiefs now. Like, people are beginning to hate them. They're not as sexy as before, okay? And that's okay, man. Because at the end of the day, your team is for your team, your fan base. You get what I'm saying? And I understand what you're saying, too. Like, you kind of are missing that embrace the hate mentality. But if Pedersen does sign a long-term deal, it, it's going to happen, inevitably. Uh, that being said, I'm happy if we can get to the ultimate prize just by being the Cinderella story, okay? Because that's what it's going to take. Even though the Vancouver Canucks finish first and uh, they're quote-unquote cup favorites, if they actually do it, it's still going to be very much Cinderella-esque other than, uh, like, brute force and oh, this team was uh, went through the the trenches and all that experience, blah, blah, blah. No, we're still very much the Cinderella Canucks, and I kind of like it, man. I kind of like it. Now, do we have the characters? I've said it 15 times now, 16 times, and it may happen in the second round of the playoffs when we face the Edmonton Oilers, straight up, and that's one of the biggest differences, too, between this version of the Vancouver Canucks and that 2011 version, okay, as a fan. There's a good chance we're going to face a Canadian team a new rival. Uh, before, it was always Chicago, you know? I think the Oilers are the next big rival for the Vancouver Canucks. And I think JT Miller is a guy that can get hated, not just in Edmonton, but maybe across Canada based on... Uh, this is not like a a knock on how he looks. I don't I don't think he's an ugly dude. But I'm just saying, he has the face of a guy that's not quote-unquote friendly. And then keep in mind the playoff beard, keep in mind the experience, keep in mind the attitude. I think he can be one of the faces for hockey. And again, one of the faces for... Why you don't like the Vancouver Canucks if you're not a Vancouver Canucks fan? Yeah, I think JT Miller for me too is is the the main character if the Canucks are going to be a hated team and, and man oh man, you know we saw it early in the season with JT going against McDavid and you know playing against him pretty well all things considered because uh, he's going against the best against the best player in hockey. Uh, but some of the other characters that come to mind is guys who could be hated. This one might um, surprise some viewers, but I think Connor Garland could be one of the most hated mm-hmm. guys in the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, I think he was voted of having like one of the most punchable faces in the NHL. Whoa. He's already not like necessarily well liked by his peers, uh, but he's just such a different player with how small he is mixed with the fact that he could be a bit of a rat out there. Um, so I think Connor Garland may be arguably better than any other Canuck on this roster, maybe embodies what that 2011 team stood for mm. in terms of being unanimous, unanimously hated. I think Connor Garland would eat that for breakfast. And in a playoff series, I don't think he cares who he's against. I think he would be willing to stir things up. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's got, you know, a guy like Dakota Joshua riding shotgun with him, a guy who's second in the league in hits, a guy who's not afraid to throw down, a guy who's six foot five and is pretty mean in the corners. 
I think having a guy like that on your line too, like I think Joshua and Garland um, could be some uh, disliked characters mm-hmm. uh, in the NHL playoffs in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, getting the Canucks a little bit more hated by the rest of the NHL. Uh, it could happen. It could happen. And again, if the Canucks want to get hated or have any type of chance of being compared to uh, that era of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, they got to have success. And the only way they can really have success in the playoffs is if their top two lines get better. And look at Junior. He says the same things, okay? Well, they better step up with their top two lines. Look, the top two lines need to up their chemistry. You think about Burroughs and the Sedins. Uh, you even think about some of the chemistry, I guess, Kessler and Higgins had, just in general, right? You, you need w- at least one of these lines to be firing on all cylinders, and that's still up for debate. I don't think it's up for debate Up for debate in, like, large scale. Like, oh, is it, is it going to be a question mark going into the playoffs? I don't think so. I'm just curious to see how it's going to look when it's all hitting. And I think it's going to work out mainly because Rutherford and Alvin, they made the trade for Lindholm with all this room prior to the season. Like, still a second half of hockey to be played. And it's going to be fixed. But I'm really, really curious to see, again, what works, man. What works? And, and tonight we're playing Chicago, ironically. And maybe there's some magic in the air. And we can ironically have this spark, you know, like this lotto line-esque spark with our imaginations with a, a line that's formed within those crop of players. So I didn't see the the game day uh, lineup, the morning skate. I didn't know if uh, any of the roster got shaken up with the lines, but man, oh man, that is so important, right? Because we're still missing that with this version of the Vancouver Canucks. Five on five, the top two lines have not been consistent in generating a lot of chances. Yeah, it has been the third line, and we kind of mentioned it on yesterday's episode as well with, uh, you know, with the fact that the third line has been one of the best in fall in uh, most recent games, right? You want to see more of those top two lines. Now, when we talk about this team compared to 2011, maybe Kyle, I, I got two questions for you, which they tell you not to do in journalism school, but, you know, which which trio of forwards would you take between Sedins and Kessler in their prime versus JT Miller, Pedersen, and Besser right now? And then straight up, which team is better? Like, which which would you rather have competing for the cup? The 2011 Canucks, the Whoa, 2024 Canucks. That's double. Honestly, again, based on the <laughs> chemistry and how good the Sedins were, you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not saying they were perfect in those playoffs, but uh, you know they were doing their thing. I'd still have to pick the Sedins because again, I'm just I'm just looking for that chemistry five on five. Now, when it comes to ultimately what team I'd rather have, dude, the biggest X factor here and the biggest difference is Quinn Hughes. Because we've been up against those th- teams many times, bro. I would be curious to see uh, Boston's numbers when it comes to ice time in 2011, okay? How much? How many minutes does Dano Chara play in those games? You get what I'm saying? Like, now we have Quinn Hughes. Now we have a guy that can play half the game and dominate. Dominate. The the, the Drew Doughty thing. The, the, the Duncan Keith thing, okay? We have one of those guys. The Victor Hedman thing, okay? And it's... It's the biggest difference. Uh, I can't wait to see Quinn Hughes playing the playoffs, and he's the biggest reason why I'm taking this version of the Vancouver Canucks over that old 2011 version, okay? Quinn Hughes is the biggest difference maker. Yeah, that's actually a great point. I like how you said that Quinn Hughes is the biggest X factor. You know, because you look at that 2011 team, first in goals, first in goals against, I think, what, top power play, second best penalty kill? Um, you know, these Canucks as well, their first overall goals, fourth overall goals against. Whoa. I didn't hear a lot of PDO talk back in, in 2011, but <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's kind of prevalent. Back in my um, day. It's funny too, like, <laughs> it's funny too. I was just looking at some of the stats between the two. You know, the Canucks power play uh, this year, eighth overall in the NHL at 24.4%. Um, back in 2011, it was first overall in the NHL at 
5.3%. No way, <laughs> dude. Boom, boom. Man, Look he, at this. Comet lefty, man. Offensively, 2024 is better. Dude, you kind of just like, I don't, I didn't think that was the case because, again, when I was driving to work today, I was like, okay, you know, if we're going to be talking about the power plays from back in the day, I'm, I'm thinking like, yo, that power play was way better than the power play we have right now. But, yo, the numbers are telling me that, yo, it's really not that different. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of it's just based on the era too, right? Like, I think one of the other interesting stats too is the Canucks in 2011 were first overall in goals with 3.15 goals per game. They're also first overall in goals right now with 3.68 goals per game. That 3.15 goals per game is pretty much the league average now. Mm -hmm. So it's just funny how, you yeah. know, the NHL has changed over the past 12 to 13 years. But, you know, there was, it, that 2011 team was so complete. I just haven't quite seen it from a defensive point of view, although I think the Canucks are getting there. They're moving in that direction, right? And the fact that, like you said, they have a game breaker, an absolute game breaker on the back end in Quinn Hughes. Uh, might be the great equalizer, and I, and I can't wait to see if that's the case. Come 30 time, minutes but. a game. 30 minutes a game is going to be playing. 30 minutes, 31 minutes a game. Come on. That's, like, defensively, he's, what, what would you say Quinn Hughes defensively? is like 89 overall, 88 overall. Offensively, this guy's like 97 overall. He's going to be playing half mm -hmm. the game. Dude, it's, it's different come playoff time. And it's not just the time on ice. I think that guy is a effing, like, a baller. I this, this may sound extreme to all you 2011 lovers, right? But I feel as if, and again, not a knock on Henrik and Daniel. I just feel like Quinn Hughes is, is actually on another level. He's a, like, a, I can't swear on this program, but he's a mother effer, bro. This guy's a gamer. First year in the playoffs, his rookie season, look what he did. I cannot wait to see this guy play for 30 minutes a game, okay? Anyways, uh, G. Ellis, one of the smartest guys Whoever watches the show, always being honest, okay? He never gets too high. He never gets too low. But look what he's saying, okay? The 2024 team gets out, outshot 80% of the time. I don't think he's lying. But again, maybe I'm just assuming the best. Home of the West Coast buys. Kyle Bowne. I trust this coaching staff. I trust the skill on this team. They got a lot of room to figure this out. And when they do, I think they will be firing on that 2011 five-on-five-like capacity. I still, have room. I still have hope for that. It's just the truth. Yeah, here's another interesting stat for you in, in that regard before we uh, before we wrap up this first segment here on Locked On Canucks. That 2010-2011 team, they outshot teams, you know, on average 32 to 30 per game, um, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you average it out, it's, it's a couple shots a game is a big difference. Mm -hmm. This season in 2023-24, the Canucks are being outshot by two shots a game. They average, 20, they average 28 shots, mm -hmm. uh, four and uh, 20 and average 30 shots a game. So uh, really relying on Demko. I think you just like to see a more complete team that, you know, creates their more opportunities a bit more. Um, that's why I'd pick the 2011 team right now with the 2024 team. But uh, again, I'd love to be proven wrong come playoff time. And like I said, Kyle, maybe Quinn Hughes is that great equalizer. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to make a bit of a hard turn here because uh, after break, we're going to talk about the Canucks prospect cool, cool. Okay. Whoa. This thing, ha this hasn't been important for a while because, you know, the Canucks are the best team in the NHL. Um, but the athletic just reached their prospect rank, just uh, published their prospect rankings for the Vancouver Canucks, and it was better than I expected. Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side. Before I do that, I got to shout out FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Uh, for my NBA team, it's the Portland Trailblazers. I would just be betting on them to lose every <laughs> game right now. They're one of the most embarrassing teams in the league. 
And thank God I'm doing a Canucks podcast on a Portland Trailblazers podcast. But no matter you know what your favorite NBA team is, uh, if you're into the NBA, make sure you bet on your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Okay, okay, we back. On this episode of Locked on Canucks, my name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. And look at the comments, man. Doing the most. Look at Lefty, man. Hughes over McDavid this season. Bro, he is our Connor McDavid. He's been on one the whole season. Look at the numbers. Look at what he's doing. Uh, Still some room to improve. Again, so excited to see that guy play a lot of minutes in the playoffs. Uh, We had somebody uh, comment something kind of mean. Okay, he's asking me if I've, uh, shout to Nick, if I've done my squats today. I do about 100 squats. I do about 100 squats three times a week, okay? In fact, squats, bro, I know this is the truth, man. Valentine's Day tomorrow, I read this online, okay? And only because it showed up at the top of my YouTube algorithm, okay? I didn't search for this. If you do squats before making love, you're going to last an extra three minutes. Trust me, man. Think, do the math. Do the math. You're connected to your legs, right? What are your legs close to as a man? You know what I'm saying? If you get those muscles working, you'll get that other muscle working, and you'll last three more minutes wow. in bed. Happy Valentine's Day, okay? Real talk, man. Real talk. Can you answer this question before we uh, dive deeper into our prospect pool being mid? And I don't know if this guy connects to our prospect pool anymore, but Jet Wu. I'm pretty sure it's the truth, okay? A lot of mm. people asking if Jet, Jet Wu has to clear waivers when he gets sent down. I think that's the truth, isn't it? Because didn't he get sent down yeah. uh, early in the season, like after training camp, and he had to clear waivers? Yep, yep. He would have to go through waivers. But I think with Jet Wu, you know, he got a defenseman who's above the age of 23 years old. I believe he's, he's, well, he's either 23 or 24. Um, you know, how many teams are going to make a claim to Jet Wu to keep them on their roster? I, I don't think there's too many, which I think is why the team was okay uh, and making the move to get him up to the NHL team now. But, yeah, he would have to go through waivers. Um, but um, that, to me, isn't a huge concern. It's not like, oh, no, we've lost Jet Wu, or, oh, no, we can't call him up because we're going to lose Jet Wu. You know, he's got a mm-hmm. cool name. But, uh, you know, let see what he can do the NHL level, first and foremost. I'm excited to see him play. Maybe he'll get to play tonight in Chicago. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he would have to go through waivers, go back to the minors. I, okay, if there was uh, such a thing as load management, he, it would be, like, confirmed that he's playing, right? Or just replacing Mark Friedman, right? So if that's the case, if both those things could be mm. correct, like he is playing today, why, why why would they fly him all the way to Chicago to not play him? They just want to give him the game check. Don't they want to see a little bit, a little bit of something? Maybe they're trying to get some film on Jet Wu prior to I don't know, maybe trading him, or maybe they want want him to be picked up off waivers so they have one less contract. I don't know. I don't know. I'm doing the math. Like if you're calling him up and flying him to Chicago against an AHL team, you might as well play him. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, talk about the rest of the prospects, okay? Uh, 18th-ranked prospect pool, uh, courtesy of the Minds at the Athletic, okay? Keep in mind, the Minds at the Athletic also labeled Quinn Hughes as the 87th-ranked defenseman in the NHL prior to the start of the season. Anyways, <laughs> continue. Tier, tier 3B, Tier 3B, never forget. Yeah. Um, this honestly surprised me a bit. Like So last season, it wasn't just the Athletic, but 
you know, really around the NHL, the Canucks were somewhere, I think at highest was elite prospects. They had around like the 22nd ranked prospect pool, but most had the Canucks had with the bottom five prospect pool last season. So yeah, the Canucks were one of the worst teams in the NHL with one of the worst prospect pools in the league. Like things are looking pretty dire in Vancouver, but you know, two big things changed and it was drafting Tom Melander, who, although I don't think anyone projects him to be a superstar, especially offensively, um, just looks like a beast in transition, right? Um, really good transition defenseman, pretty aggressive. Uh, like he skates all over the ice. So great skater, great transition defenseman. Uh, he's going to play NHL games. He's going to be in your top four. Like he looks very projectable right now. Mm-hmm. So that's a big addition to the pool. And Jonathan Lekaramaki, who last year looked lost. He was injured. His scoring was way down. And you're like, is this guy, he's slight perimeter. Is he ever going to figure it out? A switch is flicked for Jonathan Lekaramaki. And it happened last spring mm-hmm. in the hockey all Svenskin playoffs. You know, this season he's looking like he's looking like a man amongst men instead of a boy amongst men in the in the um, SHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, planning on to come over to the AHL, yeah. World Junior MVP, one of the best prospects for prospects in the world right now, in my opinion. So I think those two big things are the biggest change for the Vancouver Canucks, and it's why on the Athletics list they've jumped ten spots. So look at this, man! In twelve months, in twelve months, we've gone from worst prospect pool, one of the worst teams in hockey, to the best team in hockey with a mid prospect pool. Man, oh man, even even for one of those things to change would be nice. But uh, for them both to change, it's life's yeah. a blessing right now in Vancouver, buddy. In, in 12 months, we've also traded, what, two first-round picks, uh, maybe two, three third-round picks, a fifth-round pick, if my math is correct, uh, maybe four third-round picks. So we've traded the most picks in the league across the last 12 months. That has to be the truth. And that leads me to this again, okay? Reminder to everyone watching this program, uh, yeah, the 18th ranked prospect pool, pool. Congratulations, we went up like 10 spots. Blah blah blah, bro. It's copper bust. It's copper bust. If you're if you're in the like just passing the 20th uh, rankings in these like prospect pool systems, and you are coming off of trading that many picks, you better be making deep runs in the playoffs. Okay, one love. Go Canucks. Go. Shout the JS for the super chat doing his thing. Um, yeah, man. Always celebrating the Canucks, man. It's a team effort and. I hope this team can get it done, man, because 18th is not 9th. It's not 7th. It's not 11th. It's not 12th. It's close to 25th. You know what I'm saying? It's this like what a season for the Vancouver Canucks, man. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it it is crazy. And, you know, I will say, you know, kudos for the Canucks organization for Mm -hmm. adding some other players uh, since Alvin's been hired. Like I'm thinking about R.C. Baines in particular, obviously Will Andrew and and LeCarrie Mackey. Uh, we're draft picks from Alvin Atu Ratu, fourth overall on the true, list, true. acquired in the Horvat trade. So, you know, this organization has done a pretty good job of, you know, restocking the cupboards in, in a sense. Um, it almost like feels like the prospect tool is, prospect pool is retooled on the fly, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. So, uh, maybe and like Colvick Ward's obviously on that list as well. Maybe I'll, I'm going to throw this at you because you know this okay, is you it. know the uh, Surrey's Canucks show. R.C. Baines, eighth overall among Canucks prospects. What? Uh, the guys ahead of him. Yeah. Yo, these, <laughs> I, I want to get your reaction these, on that. Come on, man. The athletic, bro, I'm telling you, man. These people, like, why are you even writing about the Canucks if you're falling asleep, bro? Like, it's 10, you know what I'm saying? It's, they're, they're not doing this right if they have R.C. Baines below Aturatu. Is that the truth? Is that what they have on this list? Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it, is, does, Here, does, let, are, let me let me rip through the top 10 dude, quickly. Come on, man. Uh, just, so, just so the listeners have it, uh, if you don't have the funny subscription. So, Lakaramaki's first, then you have Willander, then Pod Colson, then Ratu, then Elias Pettersson, DPD, then you have Archer Seelovs, Jacob Truscott, hits you know, fifth-round pick from a few years back, mm-hmm. then Baines, then Klimovich, then Sawyer, 
Minio. That's your top 10 mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Canucks prospects on this list. So, yeah, it's funny. Baines ranked eighth. Um, he's one year younger or one year older than Pod Coles, and Pod Coles is third, and Baines look way better at the AHL. Yeah, level, in my not, okay. Yeah, screw this list. Shout out to Surrey, man. <laughs> Shout out to Surrey, man. Shout out to Surrey, Copper Bus. Shout out to the prospects. You know, again, uh, LeCaramacki just shooting up the rankings. LeCaramacki also shoving it up our rear ends after we made that thumbnail, uh, possibly alluding to him being a potential bust in the summer. Okay, yo, we have to do episodes every day. And I'm not like, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that we were reaching just to make an episode, but we're thinking of things and we're curious, you know, because LeCaramacki's stock in the summer. Dude, it went from a like a top fifteen pick to to whoa, like you drafted him way too early. This guy is not going to yeah. be in that. This guy's off. But credit to him, credit to the scouting staff, credit credit to like the professional development because obviously they have the rookie camp in the summer and whatnot. They probably had a strong talk with him, strong guidance, and everything that Rutherford and Albion are doing right now. It's pushing towards professionalism and being professional. With the long game, you know? It's not about one year. Let's keep this going. Let's get things working and executing, man. Real talk, man. I got to execute more in this thing called my life. Okay? Oh, with those squ- with those squats, we know that you're executing Ooh. for sure, buddy. Unbelievable stuff. Flex bow, and I know we need a leg shot of you. Um, for the viewers on YouTube, you can see the, the, the muscles. Ooh. They're looking good. Damn. The upper body muscles, I should say. But the lower body... Uh, still to be determined. Uh, maybe we'll save that for your OnlyFans page. Okay, Kyle. yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up the show with uh, a quick pregame prophecy for Canucks and Blackhawks. Uh, and also, going to shout out some of your comments because you guys, you guys are smarter than us anyway. So all that on the other side. Before we get to that, I got to shout out Sleeper. It's past the halfway point of the season and Canucks fans, get your for the best goddamn team in the NHL. If you want to be the best at something else, make sure you go play some daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is my number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like JT Miller, Brock Besser, or Quinn Hughes will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of a player stats. You heard me, Canucks fans. You could win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDON in NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDON NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, okay, we back on this conversation about your Vancouver Canucks. My name is Kyle Bow, and more importantly, that guy is Trevor Beggs. And tomorrow, we're making love. Maybe. Not like not with each other. It's Valentine's Day, okay? Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Not whoa. with each other, okay? Holy. Anyways, hit the like. Yeah, buddy. Hit the like yeah. button. <laughs> Share, <laughs> subscribe. Uh, we do this every day, sometimes seven days a week. Man, the Canucks matter to you and I, man. And you and you and you and you and you and you matter too, too much, man, for real. I can get emotional talking about the fans of the show, man. It's just the truth, man. Valentine's Day is going to be better tomorrow because when my girl and I are across the dinner table and we're catching up on our dreams, 
I got to let her know that, yo, I'm living the dream right now. And that's mainly because of, again, you and you and you and you listening and watching the show. Uh, speaking of which, man, the comments, man, I'm telling you, we have some smart people watching the program. Okay? Real talk. Just the truth. Uh, we had uh, somebody here, Nick, again. What, what, I feel like Nick... Nick has to be a season ticket holder because he's always chirping Rogers Arena, okay? He says Rogers Arena is a dump. It needs an upgrade. Uh, Trevor Beggs, is there something that you would want Rogers Arena to uh, upgrade? Like, are you, are you going to be banned from the arena if you say you talk some ish about them? Because I, I don't think so. Uh, people are talking about the organ in the comments. Like, what's one thing Rogers Arena needs? Because we got to fine-tune these things before April, right? We haven't, mm. we haven't had yeah. a playoff game in a long time there. When was the last time? 2015? It's been a while. Yeah, 2015 was a long time ago. Oh, um, yeah, what do we need to change? I don't know. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a screaming take on this. Like, I just want like the real fans to be there, man. Like, I've been down in the lower bowl with like guys reading books in front of me and crap like that. Like, what? none of that. Like, let's get. The, yeah, I was at a game. This was actually 2015, ironically enough. <laughs> uh, and I had lower bowl tickets. Someone gave them to me. There were six seats, like 15th <laughs> row, like behind the bench, center ice, and there was some mofo in front of me reading a book. You're in a $250 seat and you're reading a book. Dude. Shove it up your ass, buddy. Bro, Unbelievable. come on, man. It is what it is, man. Maybe he just couldn't get that chapter off his mind. Uh, we have Junior commenting uh, something about the Kurt Angle theme, and maybe that could be implemented at the Vancouver Canucks game. You know, like the you suck, you suck. I don't know if you remember that stuff if you're a WWE fan. Dude, I love that ish, man. I was at the Toronto Maple Leafs game, and I think the uh, like the people running the entertainment during the game only ran this twice, but they had this, uh, they had like this organ being played, and they only did it twice where it was like, dun 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 leaf suck, dun 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 leaf suck. Bro, I would do that after every break. I don't think it would get annoying if the fan base, the 18,000 people in that building, were saying leaf sucks or whatever team sucks throughout the game. That'd be sick. Like, create that hostile environment, you know, Man manifest it by manufacturing it, you know, and just playing that button. Like, Anything that gets the fan base to go f all out against the other team is good stuff. It, it's not redundant if you keep pressing those buttons, okay? Uh, make us a hostile yeah. place to play. Yeah, like I love what Nashville does too when they do like that, you suck, it's all your fault, like when uh, someone gets a penalty or whatever it is. Like that stuff is so awesome, man. So I'd love to see more of that at Rogers Arena come playoff time. Um, my, my quick, pre I'll do a quick pregame prophecy on tonight before we get out of here as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Canucks and Blackhawks. Look, I don't think the Canucks are going to lose the Blackhawks, but I will say the Blackhawks have pretty much been in, in one goal games for the most, mm -hmm. like last 12, 15 games or schedule. They're much better on home ice. I think they're only like two or three games under 500 on home ice. Uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks have been off since uh, the last game was Friday where the Canucks have played Saturday morning and Sunday morning since Whoa. then. So I see the Canucks winning, but I see it being a one goal game tonight. Really? Um, I know the Canucks have played. Yeah, the Canucks played, I think, 4-3 in Chicago before. Maybe a 3-2 game tonight would be my opinion. Like, give me, give me like, a fourth liner with the winner. Maybe, like, a, maybe like a Nils Amar. You're boring, dude. Like, give me give me Elias Lindholm with two goals, eight assists, okay? That's what yeah, I want. Here's, here's, the, here's the institute you and I, man. You're, you're Mr. Dreamer and Mr. Dreamer, Kyle yeah. Bowen. Canucks are going 82-0. Yeah. I, I said the Canucks are get three or four points at the weekend. Know, Boom, that happened, you know? But so don't you uh... think, don't you think it's time? Like, it's five. Okay, this is game five after the All-Star break. We made that big trade. We need that top six looking sexy, okay? The mushrooms are out the system, okay? For real, the Michael Buble mushrooms, they're out the system. They pissed it out. Uh, the crab cakes, they pooped them out, okay? For real. All this stuff that they were doing together, all the extra activities, the Super Bowl parties, bro, it's over. It's over, okay? No more excuses. 
look sexy today in Chicago, especially with the top six. I know my expectations are high, but um, you know how I keep saying, like, we have a long runway before the playoffs to get things kind of organized and for things to kind of be hitting on all cylinders and, you know, play like a first-place team? Dude, start it today in Chicago. Make an impact. Let's go. I like it, buddy. And hopefully uh, hopefully you think that we keep making an impact here on Locked On Canucks. I will say, again, the fans make an impact on us. We're nothing without you, whether you're an everyday or an occasional listener, a first-time listener, a new subscriber, or those of you who join us on the live YouTube feed. Again, we're nothing without the fans. And, you know, whether 2024, again, it's not like 2020, not like 2011, I should say, uh, but both were some damn good rides. And I do predict a damn good ride here in 2024. I hope you stay along with us for that ride here on Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Kyle, anything to say to the people before we get out of here? Yeah, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow again. You know, me and Trevor trying to give you tips throughout the the last couple of days. Uh, and then we got G. Ellis here. I better get my girlfriend a gift or I'll be getting nagged to death on the 14th. Bro, true story. Last year, I did not get my girlfriend a gift because I was low on funds. I didn't even get my girl a birthday gift. I only got her food, you know? It happens, man. It's the, thoughts that, it's the thought that counts, right? And I'm not saying you have to last three minutes longer in bed, but if you can, do it. I'm telling you, do it. Your day, yeah, your day will be three minutes better. That's yeah, for exactly, sure. bro. Her day um, will come if on. If you, if you, you know, I'll, I'll say this too quickly before we get out of here. If you're short on Valentine's Day gifts, your significant other, what about a subscription to Lockdown Canucks? Whoa. It's free, and you're bound to enjoy it. So, wow. Okay. Wow. Not that's a bad great. gift right there. Okay, man. One love. Enjoy the game. Uh, Canucks are gonna win eight one. Cause, uh, <laughs> come on, man. We got all-stars, man. It's got to, you know what? They're bringing sexy back tonight. Peace.